Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Gateway Rescue Mission, meeting the physical and spiritual needs of the homeless right here in Jackson, Mississippi. Check us out at www.gatewaymission.org. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. And Mississippi, for that matter. Uh, I love when I have guests on that are that are involved in efforts to help improve our state, and uh, more on that here in just a second. I've got a good quote for you to start the meeting, uh, start the the conversation today, and uh, it applies really well. This is a friend of mine posted this on Facebook. I don't know who said it, but but it um, it, it really applies to the world we're in today, and it says this: in life. It's important to know when to stop arguing with people and simply let them be wrong. <laughs> you know, as a former publisher and uh, a CEO in a, in a media company, digital media company, for 16 years of my career, man, I experienced, I experienced that situation many times, to stop arguing with someone and just let them be wrong. Um, I, and since I've been on the, been on the uh, radio for now three years, it's been a great experience for me. Um, I'm not involved too often in controversial subjects, but when I am, I latch on to them and uh, and try to do so in in a way that is for the public good. That's trying to bring about sort of a resolution of, of whatever the challenge might be. And I think that's part of the one of, one of the cool things about having Coast Views the, the chance to be able to do that. Um, today's guest is someone who probably knows. That you have to, you know, you got to know when to stop arguing with someone and let them simply be wrong. You, you, uh, he probably knows that statement better than anybody. But people have referred to Paul Gallo as the Rush Limbaugh of Mississippi. He's been referred to in a bunch of different ways. Paul probably could give us a long list of them. But Paul is, has the Gallo Show here on Super Talk Mississippi Media, and frankly, I've been on his show a bunch of times. He's not been on my show at all. I look forward to telling his story. But without any further ado, let me welcome Paul Gallo to Coast View. Let me let me say this first of all that I, I wish I could cop to that as as someone who who knows when to stop arguing. But honestly, I, I can't. Arguing seems to be some extracurricular activity. So, and that's part of being full-blooded Italian. And, and I think it, 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 I would say that you have that attribute, which is a mark of a good leader um, and or a good marriage. Now, in marriage, being uh, <laughs> celebrating our 54th anniversary, I think I have that attribute there. But in some of the guests, when they argue, it's almost like uh, the chihuahua that is uh, being tempted for some odd reason. Good morning, <laughs> Mr. Harry. It's good to have you. It's good, Paul, it's good to what, be here. That's what makes you so good. It's that yeah. spirited debate. And, and, and honesty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that spirited debate. Hey, listen, we're gonna we got to cover a lot of ground today, so I, I want to kind of start from the beginning. Uh, you know, talk to me about where you grew up and a little bit more about your early life. Jeez, mm, <clears throat> it can be done rather quickly, as as most people who grew up in the Mississippi Delta. It's either, and for most of us, of course, it's it's an agrarian family. We uh, grew up in Shaw, Mississippi, on a hundred acre farm. And uh, Eeyore wasn't there, but it was a, not Eeyore, but uh, the, the, well, I, the, the bear. Uh, it wasn't 
it, it was it was typical of Mayberry and Shaw at that particular time. And go back and look at it now. That's decimated, like most of those uh, small towns. But I, we were. I'm not going to say we were poor because if we were, we never knew it. We had enough to eat, we had enough to wear, but we had to work for it. And even at this age, I, I never remember not working. And, and I, a lot of people, you know, just don't understand this about that. 4-H type of, of society, but you start working as soon as you can pick up a, a farm implement or drive a tractor or something. That's part of who you are. And it you do does. It. It, teaches yeah. you, it teaches you um, that life involves work ethic, and apparently you learn that really early in your life. Yeah, because I, I think, you know, it's, it's almost who you are. It's hard to get out of it. And I think the reason for me that it's hard to get out of it is because I was lucky enough and I've been blessed to do something that I really love. Now, if I was farming, I'd probably have retired a long time ago or been bankrupt. But but uh, when you do something you really love, and I see this in, in, in a lot of different occupations, and you, you just, you know, the old saying about if you do something that you love, you don't work a day in your life. And it's, it's true. And I'm sure you've experienced that also. Uh, in in the multi multifaceted things that you've done as far as media is concerned. Yeah, I tell you, Paul, I really, that was uh, my clarion call for my career mm-hmm. was always I wanted to do something that I loved doing. And, you know, being a publisher, you know, you had, a, you had, a, you had the, the uh, responsibilities of running a business and you, know, you, you were engaged in, in ways that were important to the business. But then the opportunity to sort of have an editorial voice, the opportunity to work in the community. I connected to that. And frankly, when I retired in 2016, that's the thing I missed the most. I didn't realize it until I started doing Coast View. No. But when I started doing Coast View, I realized that this opportunity to connect with the community, leadership in the community, and to be able to focus on the issues that are important to the community, I, I, I learned a lot about that during my career. And that's the thing that really gave me the most amount of pleasure. I, I just enjoy that very much. And th- and that, that's sort of the, where, what makes you tick, too, isn't it? Well, and, but, and you also, and it's not selfishness, and you have to admit this, that that good feeling you get when you know you have done something, in just the smallest ways to make your community better, or, you know, stretch out from there to, to reach someone and someone comes in. And, I, you know, people over the years, and I'm sure you've experienced the same thing, when, when you have solved a problem, made an impact, no matter how small it is, Ricky, well, yeah, man, thank you for doing this. Uh, the, the, and somebody comes up and shake your, your hand. Uh, that is the greatest reward. People don't understand this, but that is the greatest reward you can get. And I'm, I'm thankful that people like you and me, we've had that instilled in our parents by our parents that we are gratified by that. I mean, it doesn't take much. People would say, don't get big headed. I've never gotten big headed because I, I, I you know, I, I, you, I tell them don't hold back a compliment because you have no idea how, how badly we need that. It, it drives us. It does. It makes it makes I, yeah. I, I thank people all the time for feedback, the, the terrific feedback. And you know what? Sometimes the feedback is constructive. And I, I, I love that, too, man. I love to. Yeah. I want to hear what's yeah. on people's minds. It makes a real big difference. Well, now you know, with social look, media, we don't have that. We don't have that lacking now with social media. So no, they, we don't. they give us the feedback. <laughs> we'll talk. In fact, we'll talk a little bit more about that here in just a second. But when you look back, who is the most influential person in your life? Mm. There were, I've, I was asked that question uh, a, a, a lot, 
early on, and it depends on what area you're talking about. If it if it's family, there's uh, there's always someone. If it's if it's politics, there's someone. I was always involved or always uh, loved politics. I'll never forget uh, once when I had either the bumps or the measles or something. It was one of those times where you couldn't go to school. Uh, I had a sister who went by the Shaw Library and just grabbed some books. And I fell in love with these books about uh, Tyler, uh, uh, Tippecanoe and Tyler II, Abraham Lincoln, all of these small books at, at my age level, which I don't know, probably was six or seven years old. And, and uh, I, I really loved the history of the country starting from then. So different people at different times. Yeah, you know what's interesting? Um, I was going to ask you, mm-hmm. did you always have that inquisitive nature about yourself? But it sounds like at a very young age, you yeah. did. I learned so much in school that I thought I didn't because I was always class clown. Uh, for me, and I think a lot of people can understand this, the the ability to make someone smile and laugh um, was always something that I got more rewards out of, and I'm better because there was some punishment that came along with it, whether it's in the uh, church <laughs> or or in school. So uh, I, I, it was costly as far as when somebody came in and saw me performing in front of the class or uh, right before mass started or something like that. So, Ooh, how I can relate to that. <laughs> and, and let me say this. I'll tell you a story. We had We didn't have a Catholic school in Shaw. We had, we had, what was it, two weeks of, of uh, summer school when the nuns would come in. It's the first time we actually saw nuns with the habits on. So it's like meeting God in a dress at that particular time. And these people were scary. Sister Regina caught me performing to a group when, when was, she, the class was there and she was going to be in, but she had to go. So I'm standing up doing stand-up. And... She caught me and she brought me in, and this is a true story. She brought me up in front of the class, and there was a there was no air conditioning, big fan that was there to cool us off. And she said, "You know what I did? What you did? I want to show you something." She showed me her finger, and her finger was cut off. And she showed me the finger, and it was this nub on the on the forefinger. And she said, "I was doing what you were doing when." Uh, I was your age, and here's what the nun did to me. <laughs> she <showed me> the <laughs> finger. So after that, I behaved for quite a while for the rest of the two weeks. So. The nuns were scary back then. They, hey, listen, I didn't go. I didn't go to Catholic school, but my mm-hmm. wife and all of her family did. And the story she tells me about the nuns. Yeah. Um, believe me, they learned to behave, didn't they? <laughs> they had a ruler that was made of the hardest wood you could ever you, you could ever imagine. <laughs> I went to a public school system, and uh, I have a couple of teachers that I remember extraordinarily well where they would ask me to get up and go across the room, and, and it's what was essentially a janitor's room, and they had a paddle in there, and I would I would take it hard from the paddle. Yep. And uh, I, I look back, and I don't know how, how much good it did, to be honest with you. No. I, I learned no. to grip my teeth and take the pain, but, you know, that, that that's the way it was back in those days. And they couldn't kill the spirit. Yeah. So listen, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with uh, Paul Gallo. I want to know, when did he learn, when did he understand about himself that he had an iconic voice and that was going to create sort of a foundation for his success? We'll see you after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgolfcoast.com. 
His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. Paul Gallo from the Gallo Show here on Super Talk Mississippi Media has been identified more than once as one of the most influential people in Mississippi. He's often leading the conversation, and we're just having a, a deeper conversation about where he comes from and sort of uh, you know what the big influences were in his life. Paul, when you as I mentioned when we were going to break, at what point did you realize that your voice was going to be sort of the foundation for success for you? I, I don't I don't really know if I had this voice. I, I go back and there's somewhere in my wife's memorabilia, a, a, a rod, a, a reel about this size, one of the small reels that they do when uh, when you finish school. And, and it was sent out to several places and I had several opportunities to go to different places. But I look at that voice now. I don't. It, it's Mickey Mouse compared to <laughs> compared to over the years when your voice just, I, I guess, materializes or matures uh, in a different manner. I don't. I, it was nowhere like it is now. That said, um, I, I think I I was more worried about the southern accent than anything because I, I knew it was not typical radio and that's what I wanted to do. And I thought, how am I going to get out of the, you know, old, and, and the Delta has a distinct, and I didn't realize till later when I was interviewing Boo Ferris, uh, and Boo was a neighbor of ours in Shaw. And I was later years, I was, uh, I was interviewing him and I thought him and another guy I know sound a lot alike. And that was Stan Sandroni. And Stan and I were, you know, in Shaw School, and we we played ball together. He was a freshman, and I was a senior at that time, or sophomore, or, or junior, or senior. But we have a distinct accent in the Delta, just like you guys on the coast do. Yeah. So I was yeah. more, more worried about the accent than I was the voice itself uh, way back then. So, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't know this about you until I started mm-hmm. preparing for this show, but... You, when you came into the media business, radio in particular, you actually worked in just about every phase of the business. Uh, yeah, talk, yeah. talk about the evolution that ultimately brought you to the Gallo Show. Well, I, I came back. I didn't go to college. I went to uh, the only two people in the state of Mississippi that I know went to the school in Chicago. It was supposed to be one of the best. It was called Career Academy. I don't think they even exist today. And the... Um, we left Shaw, which was about 2,500 people, and went to Chicago. And that's like that's like Opie going from Mayberry to New York. And it was a, I can't believe to this day that I actually did that. But I have kin folks up there, so I went with the 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 mafia side of the family for uh, to stay with them in Chicago. And I'm just joking about the mafia side of the family. Hmm. Anyway, we um, we had a good time. We learned a lot. Um, uh, and, uh, there was a possibility to go to several places. One was in New Orleans and, uh, outside of New Orleans. And it was kind of weird because I, I looked on a map and the guy called me and he said, I want you here and I want you here soon. And I'm starting to look at some of the, the, the names. I said, I, I, I can't even pronounce half those names. So I had an opportunity to go to Batesville of all places, which was not too far from Shaw. And my mother was still living in the Mississippi Delta. So I chose that, and uh, it was on from there. Started February 12th, 1968, which was on my birthday, which I, I'll never forget because I was kind of mad I had to work on my birthday. But then again, it was uh, 
it was adulthood. So you had to get used to those things. Never knowing that when you started that that job, that it would be a long, long career that brings yep. you to where you are today. It's been yep. a it's been a heck of a journey, hasn't it? Yes, it has. Yes, it has. And again, you if you and we were talking about this not long ago, and, and your industry has changed. This industry has changed dramatically to the point I I, I lament a lot that you don't have that opportunity for a lot of kids now to go into from high school to uh, after high school to, to get a job in radio and 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 have the full extension because I, I think a guy who's doing and though you're doing print and please don't take this as an offense just think when you're doing a show specifically a morning show spending five or ten years as a DJ introducing music, uh, doing interviews with a musical guest or whatever it happens to be, uh, doing the production thing, getting your timing right, is just a great, great foundation for talk show later on. I, I just don't think you can beat it. And, and a lot of kids don't have that opportunity today. Yeah, I see that. You know, I've, I've talked about it. I've had, you know, I've had dedicated entire shows, Coast View shows, to the changing media landscape, mm-hmm. the digital tsunami that overcame newspapers. I mean, that's the world that I came from, letting, leading, you know, very significant strategic transformations from traditional Trent publications to the digital world that we're that we're in today. But I, I look back on it, and and literally, there was there's no way for print to survive this. I mean, it is what it is. I, I many many years ago, I said print is dead. And in many cases, they have just not had the funeral yet. A lot of a lot of them are hanging on by a thread. But the reality is, digital is here. The same kind of transformation has not happened at radio. There's been big transformation. Don't get me wrong, but I'm actually surprised. You know, having that hat and then bringing it over here into Super Talk Mississippi Media World and seeing the transition that has happened within the radio within within the radio industry, and then considering Super Talk Mississippi Media. Is that I think radio for the most part has kind of held its own now. Like like a lot of major operators have gone to sort of national scale economies of scale. You don't have local DJs the way you used to. That's the point that mm-hmm. you're making. Um, what Steve Davenport has done with Super Talk Mississippi Media, in fact, is actually against the grain. You know, having a lot of local news and information, having the mm-hmm. kind of conversations that you have and that Gerard have and I have and Steve has and others have. Uh, those are the you know the, he said that that's going to be the key to success. And frankly, I agree with him. I think that's the key to success in the world that we're in. And unfortunately, the conglomerates have kind of taken over radio, and moved them away from localization, and that's a that's a sad reality. Unfortunately, when you do, it's hard to go back, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I didn't realize how unique it is what Steve put together, and and I joined him in nineteen, the I think in December nineteen eighty nine, and uh, actually began in the office uh, in January, uh, and and it was later on. Of course, Super Talk wasn't even then there. We were I came in as an account executive and and was handling the advertising sub. Uh, several we we were he had me doing just about everything. Uh, pay per view, the first pay per view. We were doing uh, affiliate relations, traveling across the state, signing up uh, affiliates. Uh, not existed at Supertop, but we had, of course, Mississippi News Network. I think at that particular time, we had the Ole Miss Network, Southern Network, as far as Southern, and also uh, Mississippi State. So it's State, Ole Miss, and Southern, all three. And the Agricultural Network, which evolved from the old MANN, Mississippi Agricultural News Network. So there were a lot of things going on. And every once in a while, Steve would would mention this thing about the possibility of forming a talk radio network. 
And Ricky, I never knew how uh, unique that was until years later. We did two broadcasts. I think it was two years in a row, and maybe it was a skip in there. We were invited to Washington, and uh, the broadcast were all the radio stations on Radio Row, uh, which was an incredible opportunity. It was you could see the Capitol out the hotel that we were in on Radio Row, and the guy at Fair, the uh, immigration folks. He, he was on the air with me, and he said, do you know how unique your network is? I says, no. I said, a lot of networks. He said, there's nobody else in the United States of America doing what you guys are doing under a private ownership of uh, and private ownership broadcasting from a multitude of stations. And it was at that particular time I thought, you know, that is pretty darn unique to have that kind of power. And I think that was even before we had the Gulf Coast. So it's 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 on steroids now. It is on steroids, and uh, when I when I talk specifically about your program and, and Gerard's program in particular, the opportunity to lead conversations that are about that are about you know change and and helping this this state um, solve problems, um, it's it's very unique. In fact, I was actually quite frustrated to be honest with you because when, the newspaper industry did a great job of sharing best practices amongst themselves, et cetera, and when I went to sort of the radio. Uh, you know, organizations that were that were focused on that. They were so focused on satellite radio, there wasn't very very little information you could get about how traditional radio was sharing best practices. But uh, what I came to appreciate about what Steve has built is very unique. And so it's not it's not surprising to me that at times Super Talk can be a target. Because people, you know, it's you know they 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 they're either jealous or they don't like the point of view or whatever the situation might be. It uh it you know there's a there's a tremendous foundation within Super Talk Mississippi Media News or media in general to uh, to help solve problems in this state. You feel that every day, don't you? Yeah, and 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 I could talk for that's that's the one thing to be honest with you that I, I've 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 contained for a long time. If you want to go back to the genesis of this to know the first time I felt this is we had, I think, three stations, um, Hattiesburg, Jackson, and we had just signed on, I think, in that order, uh, the Corinth. And when you got into that northeast portion of Mississippi, as different as the coast is to the Delta, northeast Mississippi is to many of the other regions. Their politics different, culture is different, we're all fellow Mississippians, but uh, we are not united by politics in that method. And it was an interesting story because I had begun to dig back some of the peelings on some of the politicians there, namely people are not inconsequential like Billy McCoy, Jamie Franks. And all of a sudden, we began to feel the wrath of that. And I can tell you more in a moment or two if you've got time. Yeah, let's do this. When we get on the other side, we're going to talk about the evolution of the of Gallo's voice, the voice of Super Talk Mystic Media, when we get on the other side with Steve after this break. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend Paul Gallo from the Gallo Show today, something I've really been looking forward to. But when we went to break, we were talking about the evolution of Supertalk Mississippi Media, and in particular, the, the sort of the evolution of Paul's voice on this really unique and innovative collection of radio stations across Mississippi. And you were talking about getting into Corinth, and, 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 and you mentioned Billy McCoy, and why don't you pick it up from there? There are so many stories. I, I, I mean, there are so many stories. Uh, some of them can be told. Some of them, uh, uh, the fact that we had the audacity, because what would happen was, and you know this in politics, you would have people from the extremities, from the Gulf Coast uh, to the Northeast Mississippi area uh, to to the Delta come in. It was a good old boys club, places like the sun and sand and the history of there of all the things, the back dealings and all of that. And then you would go back and you'd read some of the papers, whether it's in the, the newspapers in Northeast Mississippi or the Gulf Coast. And you'd read some of this stuff and you, you, they, they had a completely different view. It was, in many cases, the politicians who were controlling the story there. All of a sudden, you had this guy on the radio saying that bill is terrible, and 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 uh, here are the deficiencies in that, and this is why that guy is not a god. And then, I'm going to fast forward, after this kept getting to be a problem, you had people like uh, Jamie Franks, my friend Jamie Franks, offering legislation to block us from advertising. And, and, and I mean, it was that blatant, and, and uh, there are a lot of other stories about me and Jamie Franks that I won't go into now, but, <laughs> but yeah. it was a situation that this is the first time you had a conservative view, and it never stopped. And, and if you want to know the most disheartening thing about that, after years and years, and I remember the people like Ricky Cummins, the, to me, the, the last of the uh, yellow dog Democrats, and uh, when Bubba Carpenter took his position, um, the thing that was most disheartening is probably when Republicans started taking over, in a lot of ways, they mirrored the Democrats where when we started and I started to say, look, I don't care if you are a Republican, this is wrong. Then there were some vestiges of them doing the same thing. This this voice needs to be stopped. And um, but for the most part, it, it had it, it's opened up. Uh, at least the conservative view of uh, behind the scenes for so long that you had all Democrats and they had the the total voice in in newspapers in the state. Yeah, you know, more recently, you know, I wasn't going to ask you this until later, but yeah. it kind of fits in right here. More recently, you've seen at least one uh, uh, nonprofit news organization in Mississippi, mm -hmm. liberal, I might add, because they're funded by um, by rich Democrats for the most part. Uh, recently did a story that essentially suggested that you were unethical in the, in the work that yep. you did, but you're, you're not, that's not a new accusation. You have to you've been a target. I mean, I, I know what that looks like as a publisher, but it's still got to drive you crazy. It, it does in a way because of the inaccuracies of the, of that article. And I've seen this over and over, and again, I don't want to be taking it all out on newsprint, but I'll call you a former guy, a former print guy, and now radio, and my brother in broadcast. But when you when you have uh, somebody on the air that's in the news, and you ask him, okay, you said this. No, I didn't say that. Well, it's in the paper. Well, I didn't say that. And I cannot tell you how many countless times that's happened in the past, but it seems to be happening more and more now that 
where you have people who call themselves journalists, but I have no idea where they got their journalism degree. And it really doesn't matter. In this particular case, um, there were so many things wrong with that article. I, I did have those people call me and ask for uh, some kind of comment. And there was no way on God's green earth I was going to do that, number one, because they would they would, they would, would want me to say what they want me to say. And I'm not that uh, much of an idiot. Number two, some of the things about uh, – I don't have a niece uh, that was in that position. I have no idea where they got that. I – the 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 amount of accuracies in some of the statements that they made when well let me let me put it this way I'm trying to get too much in one one part here when they made accusations they were not real accusations they were just statements and then they'd always clarify that later but nothing was done wrong yeah, yeah. and I think somebody said this and and it was brilliant the way they said it uh, are you accusing them of trying to sell advertising what 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 the what they should have understood or what they should have conveyed is this: we are not an investigative organization. My program is not investigative. I don't have what you guys had in the newspaper. I don't have five or ten people to go out and investigate. It's Perez and me, and and a producer uh, who helps me put the show together. Three people. We are not investigators, and, and not being invest. I am an entertainer uh, and a talk show host. So, I mean, I can question about the investigation that the papers have had. One of the things that, that I'll stand by today, and I've said this, I think a local newspaper is one of the most important things that a paper that a, 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 a town can have. I really do. And, and I wish they were solid and strong today. And I'd love working with those local newspapers. Because when it comes to the investigation of the municipality or the county board of supervisors or one of the agencies, they need to be there. But we report on their investigation. For them to say uh, this about we investigated, the truth is any state agency, any private organization is our client. Can you imagine in the same facet that an advertising agency, regardless of which one, would come in and say while they're doing the ad, they're going to put some stuff in here. But did you do this and did you that do that? Our job is to take a service and tell that service to the people. I don't apologize for that. I would have to apologize if I didn't. But they yeah. should know this. But they don't because they've got young people who have a liberal mindset. And they're not in there for uh, for journalism. They're in there for indoctrination. Or well, they can get their me, mission out. Paul, one of the – one of the what, you know, coming on the heels of that, I have done over 800 shows. It's over 800 shows. Not one time. Has anyone told me to say something or not to say something or have someone right. on or to follow through on? And listen, that's actually quite important to me, really, to be honest with you. I've, I've always said that one thing is not negotiable in my world, and that is my integrity. Now, look, everything else is negotiable. But if you say your integrity Absolutely. is not negotiable, then it helps kind of lay a great found, uh, 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 you know, foundation. But working with Kim and Steve has been a pleasure in, in that they've given me tremendous freedom. And they trust me completely. And they don't suggest uh, – you know, there's never anything sold from an advertising point of view that, in, that in, involves me saying or doing anything specifically. Mm -hmm. And that's, of course – I've been on – literally, since I've been on Coast View, I've been on two remotes. That's it, two remotes and – Three years, but I would do more remotes if I could, because it's a chance to get out and see people and and be in contact with people and whatever. But otherwise, the integrity has been terrific. I'm not trying to overplay this now, but I think that the reality is, 
there's always going to be, uh, you know, there's always going to be a situation that you described early on where when you're when you have a conservative voice, people are going to attack you. That's yep. just the reality yep. of it. And I think as long as you know you have your integrity intact. I think you just keep on rolling just like you are now, even with more, you know, maybe more energy, actually. Yeah, it, it, it's the most important thing to me. Let me let me say this, though, because Steve and I and I knew Steve even before that, because he, I was a customer of his at a station at, uh, at, at two stations uh, with a Mississippi News Network. And um, Steve done an incredible job. I mean, absolutely incredible job. But over the years when we have worked together, uh, I've caused him some great angst. But he's never come in there and said, if you say this, I'm going to fire. Never. And I mean, I've, uh, he's got an Irish temper. I've got an Italian temper. But my God, he's allowed me to uh, d- d- do the things that that make me feel good about where we do. And in most of the cases, there's been some disappointments. I've, I've missed some things. I miss the Kemper County plant. I miss Chris Epps. I miss this other thing as far as... Uh, as far as the 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 human services thing, I, I, you miss that. But I again, we weren't doing investigations. And yeah, how I, how were you supposed to know that, Paul? How were you, you supposed you, to know? You that? don't. You know, you even have, the U.S. House of Representatives didn't know it. That's right. It's even even in Chris Epps, I mean, we, we Perez and I joke about it. Chris used to come in and he would glad hand you and he'd hand you one of these lapel pins and you had no idea what's going on. Yeah, uh, you ask you ask the questions that um, that you have, but you don't know about the investigation and behind you. You know what's interesting to me, though, and I've talked about it lots. You know, we talk about changing media landscape, but you know, the promise of social media was that it was going to connect us, and it certainly did that. There's no question that it did that. But when they started using uh, artificial intelligence instead of human beings to determine mm-hmm. our news feed, what it did is it made us tribal. It made us unbelievably isolated, and um, and I and to say that we're that as a general populace we're more hypersensitive that's that would be an understatement. But algorithms kind of rule the day. I mean, well, algorithms are refining what's in our news feeds today, and it makes it appear, as I often say on my show, that everyone in, in our news feeds agree with us. And and I think in a lot of ways, it, what it's done to our political systems and our cultural yeah. systems is it's hopelessly bogged us down in fear and tribalism. I want to get your response to that on the other side. But we're having a conversation with Paul Gallo from The Gallo Show here on Super Talk Mississippi Media. And we'll see you after this break. Listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coastview. We're having a wonderful conversation with my friend Paul Gallo from The Gallo Show. We've had a just a terrific conversation starting with uh, some of the early influences on, on his life through today. And when we went to break, I was talking about how sort of tribal, tribalism and uh, division have sort of taken over because of social media. It's really bogged us down in, in big ways. Uh, you sort of alluded alluded to that earlier about you know the fact that we can get all the feedback we we want now through social media, but you know where do you think we go from here, Paul? When you think about that, 
I don't know. It's the hardest thing in the world, Ricky, is to tell someone on the air like us, or I'm sure it's applicable to other people too, that just disregard Twitter because it doesn't represent the entire body of work out there. It doesn't. It doesn't reflect what the nation is thinking. And I think we know that, but it's hard for us to to get on there and, and, and to read some of the. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't affect me. I've. I've. I did um, many years ago some columns in different papers and taking had a chance to do some writing, and it was carried by a couple of three papers. It was a humor column, and and uh, I really enjoyed it. But the feedback on that when you either made a mistake or you hurt somebody's feeling. And I began to read that, and I thought, man, this is getting under my skin. But it doesn't get under my skin on the on the air. And I thought, well, this is not where I'm supposed to be. And then, and I stopped that, and and made sure that you know the uh, all of my attention was in in the broadcast field. But for people who write, it's just different. And and for some reason, that got under my skin. And and there's not very much you could say on radio or on social media that really I, I've, I've taken this and I know some people talk about it and say, uh, he's just talking about that, but I'm, I'm honest about it. Uh, that, uh, if you, if you can't stand the program, if you hate me with a passion, but you are listening, that's just, that's fine with me. It's yeah. almost like a guy coming in buying the, the hamburger. He hates the people there. He hates everybody, hates the service, but he buys the hamburger. So, good deal. <laughs> hey, Paul, what, you know what? Sold. As a listener, here's what I would say. I, I believe, obviously, you have a conservative voice. You have your strong opinion about things. When you talk to people who share your point of view, that's what it is. However, when you have other people on who have a different point of view, I don't find you to be unfair at all to them. And I don't find you to be restrictive in their ability to share with you their point of view. Yeah. I, I've... Uh, I admire that in you, and if I think that people who would say what they what you just said of you, they haven't listened to the sort of total body of work that Paul Gallo is involved in, because you are interested in hearing the other side of the of the equation, aren't you? I, I am. If it doesn't get stupid, I mean, because that's that's if it gets stupid, that's a slap in the face to me and, the, and this audience, and I treasure this audience as a whole. I really do. They're, and I always talk about their family, but they are my audience family out there, and they've been with me for a long time. When you've been doing the show for 54 years, almost 55 as of, of February, then if you start doing it that long, you've come through a lot of people. You've, you've, you've had great listeners who've listened to you that passed on that you remember in the middle of the night, you think about a voice that you had on back, certainly when we were doing a lot of calls. And, and that's another evolution of radio yeah. uh, from taking the calls to doing what we're doing now. And I think in this social media day, you couldn't do that anymore as far as taking no. calls. And I, I do miss that. Yeah. But it's one of those things that um, it, it wouldn't work today as, as it used to be. Paul, what's the latest on your health situation? Um, I, I had a last PET scan uh, for folks who don't know is. It's been uh, November a couple of years ago. I went to the doctor and, and found I had melatonin uh, on, on, the, on the bottom of my right heel. And I, I was just going in for, you know, checkup and everything else. And, and we found out later, just to uh, make a long story short, it was stage three cancer. It had gotten all the way up into my groins. Uh, they had to take the lymph nodes out. I had a series of about four operations. Last operation was about a month and a half, two months ago, as far as 
the 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 kneecap had to had to go or the meniscus had to be taken all the way out. Uh, feel better in the knee; it's still a little sore, and I limp a little bit. Heel has grown back. We did skin grafts, and prior to the uh, Christmas holidays, I had a PET scan. The uh, doctor called me about a week before Christmas, several days before Christmas, and she said we got it, and uh, it, we we see no cancer. Uh, so that was absolutely the best Christmas present you could possibly get after a year of that taking the immunotherapy treatments, not chemo, but, uh, the immuno and they've got some terrible side effects, but nothing like chemo. I, I I'm losing the hair one way or the other. So that's going to yeah. go, yeah. but uh, so far so good. Uh, the, the, without lip nodes, the, I'm a Dion Sanders on the right leg. Uh, I can walk for about three or four hours and then, uh, I've got to stop. Um, and the, the treatments, I got two more treatments. We end at the end of February. And after that, you just go back for periodic checks, which is great news. And it's going to take a while. They tell me the, 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 the system that came in and changes your immunotherapy, the immuno, immune system lasts in your system about a year. So yeah. all, all's good. I'm, I'm looking forward to gradually getting back full steam, uh, but it sure is uh, thankful to be able to do it uh, from the studios here. Well, well, God bless you, my friend. As we, uh, as we visit in the future, we'll talk about how going through this causes you to reflect. Yep. And uh, it, it probably makes you more determined to want to make a difference than ever. Um, I can only imagine what's what's going through your head. But but again, God bless you, my friend. And thank you for visiting with me today, Paul. Well, it's an always pleasure, sir. And I enjoy your program tremendously. You have done a great job on this one. And uh, welcome to the family. Thank you, man. It's, been, it's a pleasure. I'm, I'm glad to be here. This has been Paul Gallo. And have a great day. And we'll see you tomorrow. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.